Hi, everybody. This is Jim Cornette, pro wrestling legend, and you're listening to the Book in the Territory Unprofessional Wrestling Podcast. This is the artist formerly known as Daryl Van Horn, James Mitchell, the Sinister Minister, and I'm here to let you know I would rather slam my cock in a car door than to miss the dulcet tones of Hard Body Harper, my illegitimate son, on Booking the Territory podcast. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone, to this week's episode of our Smoky Mountain Wrestling Podcast. This is Booking the Territory and Smoky Mountain Wrestling, episode 171, May 6, 1995. Woo! Taping number three from Warrensville, North Carolina, Northwest Ash High School, drawing 350 people, if you believe the internet. Only 29 more of these to go. Doc, how are you? Uh, I'm feeling blessed, man. We're without Harper this morning, which always makes the show quality go down a bit. But, you know, it makes the efficiency go up, doesn't it? Yes I may, and no. I may, not, I may not stutter or be a good Catholic boy or be harporizing bitches left and right, but I'm on time, damn it. <laughs> oh, boy. That's a you nice wanna, dig. Well, yeah, just, just so everybody knows, a few weeks ago when Lance filled in for your boy here, I got a text at my, the, the reason I couldn't make it, I was there and I got a text from Mike and it said, we're here 10 minutes after and Lance and no Lance, no Harper. It's like, yep, that's what it, Time, that's what happened. The timely professionals. <laughs> but Hey man, we're under 30 to go. Um, there are some thing, good things still happening in the smoky mountains. Well into, into May. Uh, we can see the end, but, there's still things popping off here. I got lots of notes for this episode, which must mean it's going to be going. I haven't watched this one in a long time. That's nice. Uh, um, yeah. So, uh, how are you this morning? It's early. It's 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 early. Um, the Smoky Mountain Sweatshop is on and popping as usual. Shout out to disrespectfully classy Marky Blasted Kyle Riley, Mike Childry, for your generous patronage each and every month. And again, this is taping. This is taping number three from Warrensville, North Carolina, at Northwest Ash High School, drawing 350 people. If you believe the internet, now we jump into episode 171 from May 6th of 95 with Les Thatcher and Chip Kessler. Kessler teases us with news on Morton returning and more about Bob Armstrong and Terry Funk at Volunteer Slam. Doc, you have anything from that? I can't say that I do. All right, so then um, we go into the first match on this week's card, which is Bobby Blaze, the Beat the Champ TV champ holder. Uh, he's going to take on Mike Mason. Bobby wins the match with a Northern Lights suplex, and I really don't have much else from it. It was, um, you know, Bobby won. I mean, I don't know what, what else we can say. Uh, well, at some point during the match, I don't have a timestamp, but Les called uh, Buddy a great humanitarian for being down at Classy Motors trying to help Bobby find the car, <laughs> um, which is funny. And yeah, this is a, just a squash match for, for Bobby to look strong, and uh, as he moves out of the, the championship picture for the, the heavyweight strap, he's still uh, doing important things with the Beat the Champ title. Poor Bobby. A little quick run, and then goes for the beat the champ title yeah but i mean you could look at it that way or you could look at that he far exceeded anybody's expectations that he did that he did so all right so then right after that doc i wasn't gonna play it because it's like 15 seconds long bobby cuts a promo on dan severn he's gonna die <laughs> okay who goddamn pal pronouns who's he well i dan severn is no joke right I mean, he's a UFC fighter. Was UFC fighter, yeah. Yeah. Although Bobby said he was great to work with, didn't he? He did. He talked about all um, things. All things considered, you know. Yeah, he, he he had good things to say about him. I mean, and, I don't know if I, know, I don't know if I, I don't know if I had something bad to say about Severn. I'd say it. Well, yeah, but the other thing about that is, is that it's kind of a compliment to to Bobby. And I guess it's not. So that you put somebody in that could hold their own with him, because that's not going to happen. But somebody that you know wouldn't be an insult to Severin. So agreed. You want to put somebody capable in there with him, is what I'm. Yeah, saying. yeah. No, you're right. 
We go to a replay of Ricky Morton's promo from last week in Al Snow and Unabomb when Ricky's girlfriend went after Snow during their promo. It was rather comical. Al Snow's a... He's a nutcase. Poor Les trying to keep a straight face with Snow. It's kind of hilarious. We don't really cover replays, so I'm going to assume that Doc doesn't have anything from it, or do you, Doc? Uh, no. Yeast bag. I, unless you're going to show the yeast bag. Uh, the, the yeast bag? No. No. That was not classy. <laughs> not at all. I loved it. All right. So then let's go now to... Uh, it's a promo. We got Unibomb Snow and Sandy Scott with Ricky Morton on the telephone. Uh, I think that speaks for itself. So let's hear what's going to happen and what they have to say. Me on the set, the Smoky Mountain Tag Team Champions, Unibomb and Al Snow, and Smoky Mountain General Manager, Sandy Scott. And just a moment, we're going to check. On the telephone, we should have Ricky Morton. They should have now, that thing off by now, hold on just a second. Uh, Ricky, are you with us? Uh, yeah, man. Okay, uh, I don't believe the uh, fans here in the arena can hear you, but they will be able to hear you in the truck. Ladies and gentlemen, we do have Ricky Morton on the phone. You won't be able to hear him, but we relay to you uh, his conversation. We're talking about here, the directors of Smoky Mountain Wrestling have come up with how Ricky Morton can get the single match with Al Snow which he has been asking for, and he wants this match to have a stipulation where he feels there will be no outside interference. That's why Mr. Scott is with us. And Sandy, if you have uh, the answer or the results from the uh, sure Board do. of Directors, thank you very much. All right, and here's what the Board of Directors have come up with. What they are going to do is put Ricky Morton and Al Snow, for the first time ever in Smoky Mountain Wrestling, in a scaffold match. What? Yes, what? a scaffold what? match. What? Hey, no, 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 no. What are you doing? No. Are you... Oh, Ricky? Ricky? Are you out of your mind? Yes. I know you've got all types you... but what are you doing? I want to hear your comments, Ricky. What do you feel you about doing? this scaffold match? You went for Andrew's vomit last week. I'm scared I'm going to have to come up with that soon than I expected. See, all I wanted was a one-on-one match with Al Snow. A scaffold match, I never expected this. But you got to understand one thing, Al Snow. I have experience in scaffold matches. Robert and I wrestled at Midnight, Midnight Express along with Jimmy Cornette in scaffold matches. And when you're 20 feet over the ring, you'll fight for anything, especially for your life. Now, one thing i got to say to you, Al Snow, the doctors don't want me to come back right now. But when this scaffold match is over, you're not going to be able to come back. And that's all i got to say. All right, th thank you, Ricky. All right, and I'm sure you have oh, some comments, right? That, obviously, I have plenty of comments. You're trying to kill me. You're trying. I'm just like Jimmy Stewart. I got, I've got vertigo. I can't stay in heights. I get nosebleeds. I, I, I can't do that. I can't do that. You're just mad because I hurt your favorite son, Ricky Morton. You know you must be his illegitimate father or something because no other reason would you stick me You're that high. You're going to do it. That's it. May 19th, you'll be lucky if he makes it to May 19th, and if he does, Ricky Morton, there's more than one way to skin the Rock and Roll Express. You stick me up there on that scaffold match. I don't think so, because I'm going to finish you off before then. May the 19th, Volunteer Slam in Knoxville. A scaffold match, if you're not sure what that is. These men will be suspended 20 feet in the air on a scaffold that will only be four feet wide. We'll be back right after this. Okay, so... I'm a, I, I know why he sounds like, I know why he sounds like the way he sounds, but I want to see if you picked up on it. Uh, is it that he's interfering with the signal in the all the telecommunications or the no. satellite equipment? I don't know. It sounds like he's on in the in that Apollo 13 circle orbiting the earth. He's talking he's talking they're recording that as he talks into one walkie-talkie somewhere else, and they've got a tape deck, and they're recording when it comes through on the other walkie-talkie. That's not a phone conversation. He's on a walkie-talkie. You can tell because at one point there's a beep. Okay. Well. And it's a, you ain't lying. It sounds like he's in Apollo 13 orbiting the fucking moon. Hi, uh, Houston. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Y'all got any rats down there? Ah, <laughs> uh, Houston, Houston, uh, Rick and Morton here. Uh, we're uh rotating around the moon. Y'all got any uh? How dare y'all send us up here without any rats, man? I mean, what am I supposed to do with my dick for, for four days while I'll uh, make this trip around this uh, old dusty rock up here? What's that bullshit about, man? Come on. Hey, hey, rock and roll, brother. Rock and roll. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh. All right, what, what are your thoughts on this? Same as they always are. You take that scaffold and turn it sideways and shove it up your ass. Here's the thing. Morton's not worried about this. He ain't going off it. <laughs> well, we'll see. Come on. We'll see. Here's the other thing. This is the absolute first thought. Jesus Christ. Boo Bradley. Um, yes. Um, the first thing I thought was this. If we don't trust, and we don't, the construction on that chicken coop cage... How are you going to trust Smoky Mountain, the Smoky Mountain construction crew to construct a scaffold that's safe? I don't know, man. There's hardworking people in the Smokies. I'm sure Cornette had the connections to build a decent scaffold. You don't need to go up in the air to build a shack. I mean, these are some hardworking people, you know. I, 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 think, really? I think they could do it. Yeah, I, I think, I think, I think... There's some hard-working coal mining folks in the, in the Smokies. Hard-working in the sense that they're disproportionately nat against the national look, average on look, uh, government assistance because they're look, a bunch of takers. Look, every culture has their fair share Take, of uh, people who sap off, sap off the uh, the working man, okay? Leech all off of all of us who are putting in our, our 40 and 50 and 60 hours every but, week. But I'm not. I'm not gonna. You know, just because you got a you got a a handful of meth heads. I mean, they got some hardworking folks who can put together a scaffold. I would like to think. Handful. You better be using Andre the Giant's <laughs> or maybe the Statue of Liberty's hands and not All mine right. or yours. Can we not make it? Can we not make about the assholes in the Smokies? So anyway, and by the way, for um, anybody who wants to say something, there's assholes in New Orleans too. Okay, fuck. Because then I'll well, get that one. God, people can't handle things. People Dude, can't they can't. Things. They can't. It's the way of the world. You say one thing, they're like, well, you're fucking people. Yeah, I mean, okay, what's your point, asshole? That doesn't change the fact that there's some fucking leeching saps in the Smokies either. I mean. There, there's shitheads everywhere. We ain't right. world class. How many times have I had to say this? They don't get it, bro. They don't because they're so offended and scared and pissed off and whatever. Okay, I, let's end this show. I'm done. Bookie what, what you got? What, what do you have from the scalpel match announcement? Well, there's never been a good one, so who cares? The only one that somewhat stands up the test of time is the first one in Crockett, the Skywalkers. And I say I first just, one on, on the pay per view. I just, I just don't think it draws the money that put is worth the risk that the guys have to go through to do it. Yeah. No bang for the buck, so, man. I agree. And and so, I just don't like them as a result. I, I agree. What do I you agree. think that, so let's continue, because Boo comes out with a stuffed animal that looks like it was bought at the dollar store and gives it to a little girl. And my question for you was, what do you think that teddy bear smells like? The one he's holding right now? No, the one he gave to the girl. I don't know. He probably got it from the dollar store, so he didn't have enough time to inherit this, this, the funk and the must. My my word was badissy, but whatever. Okay. It was attempted to be inserted into some Tammy down at the Applebee's bathroom, wow. like nice. in the wrestler where Mickey Rourke bangs that girl in the bathroom. That's nice, Doc. Come on. Grow, wait, grow up, okay? Man, these are your people I'm talking about. <laughs> Grow up. All right, so what Doc is talking about is Boo came out. He was wrestling Larry Santo. Boo Bradley is in – He's when he comes out, he's in the bleachers. He's slapping hands with the fans. He's enjoying the people. Les even says, he's out there running for mayor. As Les alludes to Boo slapping hands, shaking hands with all the – like all the politicians do because, good God, I, I, I'm, I'm, I don't know how politicians stay, um, stay healthy with all the handshaking they do with uh, – all the well, marks and saps that they—they're they, well, they, they, they they're all. With. Don't you know that the government is run by lizards? 
And so they're not real people, so they're not susceptible to our germs. That's right. That's right. They're aliens from another world. But anyway. Um, I'm, I'm was... booked on Jericho show next week. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. Uh, Boo, Boo is out there slapping hands. Boo finally Boo wins the match quickly with a splash off the top rope. He's still wearing Cactus's tights, and he's also got the black singlet on. Doc, anything from the match? Yeah, no, it was fine. Um, do we need to play Boo's promo here? It's not. I didn't. All that. I didn't have anything. I just said it's okay. There was just nothing to get out of it. I'm more interested in the Volunteer Slam music, which I know you can't play. Uh, I'll play it because I don't want to get into what's going on with YouTube. Um, I can only upload one show a week, auto upload. So this one, I've been only auto uploading the NWA one because of that. So what? Um, I, I can play it during the Volunteer Slam plug in a second. Is that what you want? I just yeah, I, I was just thinking that this was your jam. Well, real quick, um, Boo just basically talks about the Volunteer Slam match with uh, Kyle and then. Less, I kind of popped. He's graciously holding Boo's teddy bear so Boo can concentrate and cut his promo. Did you Did you catch that? Yeah, Less is a Less is a is a good man. He really is. He really is. All right. So with that said, um, this is the Volunteer Slam music that Doc's talking about. It's a Knoxville tradition. The fourth okay, annual stop. Volunteer Slam Friday, May nineteenth. That's Rocky Top. What I mean, what what do you? Yeah, so... does that does that freak out Banjo at the beginning make all black people nervous immediately? Because <laughs> it kind of so. it kind of makes me nervous for you. Okay, so play it again with the girl singing. She's she's getting Cornette fifty thousand dollar money back guarantee as the gangsters with D'Lo Brown battle Bullet Bob Armstrong and Terry Funk in a Texas Death Match. If Bullet and Funk lose, Cornette will refund every fan's ticket money. Buddy Landell, defensive Smoky Mountain. Dude, every time when I hear that, I think of UT University. I think of Tennessee. I don't think of anything else. Okay. I think that's like a Saturday night. Let's get drunk and listen to Rocky Top, and then go fashion. Yeah, no, shut up. Fuck. What? You about to say something really stupid? No, I'm not. Okay. I'm trying to st- I'm trying to stick up for your people that need it. I need to be the leader. Doc, let me give you some advice. What? The black folks in America don't need you sticking up for them. Well, uh, why not? <laughs> I'm here to help. We go to a confrontation with Jim Cornette, and we hear from Terry Funk and Bullet Bob Armstrong, and then again Cornette. Uh, Jesus Christ! This was this was I I <laughs> wow. All right, let's just let's just hit play. Here it is. Oh, okay. Right here on confrontation today is manager Jim Cornette. And Jim, over the past couple months, you have put together a, a small smattering of applause. What is this? All your in-laws well, or what? Well, somebody's in-laws, mine or yours. But you've put together some very unique teams to go after the gangsters. <laughs> and I think what you're about to tell us about today may be one of the most unique ever. I'm not managing. Felix Unger and Oscar Madison, but I'm managing the next best thing, the team of Bullet Bob Armstrong and the former world heavyweight champion, Terry Funk. And if that ain't an odd couple, I don't know what is, but May 19th, they're going to get some business done. And I know we've got some words from both Bullet Bob and from the turbulent Texan. We might say that they're on different tapes. They're not on the same interview. <laughs> not in the same room. Right. Holly Partners! <laughs> You got the Texas Militia here in its entirety. That's Terry Funk. You know, I look at Bob Armstrong and I see an old geezer. (laughs) But then I go look in my bathroom here and I see I'm an old geezer too. And then I look at Bob Armstrong and I see that he's a baldy man. Then I go look in my bathroom mirror and I see a blurry baldy man and I look back at Bob Armstrong and I see he's got glasses on and a whole lot smarter than me (laughs) and then I look at Bob Armstrong and I see those buggy whip arms and I look at myself and I realize hey those ain't no pythons there either, pal. 
But then I look at Armstrong and I realize that he has something that Terry Funk has. He has heart. And I've got hearts. It's like they say, you got to have heart. you got to have heart. I'd have never made it as a singer, but I'll tell you what, I'm going to fly into those gangsters like I flew into Malai. I'm going to hit them harder than I hit the whole Chime Man Trail. I'm going to pull them apart limb from limb the same way I pulled Gung Ho and the rest of those gooks apart in Vietnam because it was give me victory or give me death. And I'll tell you something about death. In that Texas death match, I promise you, Cornette, if Armstrong loses that match, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull him apart. I'm gonna tear him up. I'm gonna hang him. I'm gonna hang him and choke him. I'm gonna hang him and choke him and electrocute him. No, I'm gonna brand him, hang him, choke him, electrocute him. No, I got the idea. I know what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna chain him to the back bumper of my pickup truck and I'm gonna drag the son of a... Wait a minute, my pickup truck's in Texas. I gotta get it to Tennessee. Well, let me tell you something, folks. I'm on my way. I'll see you there. Well, they've told everybody my partner. My mystery partner's a mystery no more. Uh, I'll stop it there, then we'll get Bullet Bob. W- what you got from this, Doc, with Terry Funk with right. the music playing? He's holding a gun. Got a, he's got right. a nice rifle. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, he's working stiff on our Asian friends. Jesus Christ. Talk about something that just could not happen. If somebody walked out on Raw and said that, the screen would turn to the test pattern colors with the rainbow colors. (laughs) Yeah, a satellite would fall out of the sky and just land on Earth. I'm the not. USA. I'm not repeating it, but uh, he called the Vietnamese uh, a derogatory term that would definitely get you pulled off TV today. Yeah, but it's a great angle if you think about it. Yeah, yeah. Because he's got. He's been a mess for years. He's been a thorn in BA's side. So what's the only way he can get the babyface cheers is to appeal to these people's one thing that they'll side with him on, and that's hatred of other people that aren't white. I'm sorry. That's what's exactly happening here. <laughs> oh, and so boy. what's going to draw old Jethro that we had you know, a few weeks back with the sideburns and sitting in the stands? Back to the arena is to watch two old white dudes school a bunch of... And that's what's happening here. And with that said... Well, let's... and here's the thing. The only, there's a, I didn't like the old-timey music behind it. Ugh. Yeah, that shit was dumb. Yeah. And here's the other thing, though, that I think is interesting. And it's a real big lesson on the current product. He didn't say anything all that great content-wise other than just being filthy with the racist, racism. But he was entertaining. And there's a lesson there. And we don't see funk every week, so there's more to it than that. You well, there's more to it, but the point is, is that it's not always about the words. It's about the whole package of how you present it. Well, and then, like you said, you got the two old white guys. Mm-hmm. Leave it at that. And oh. and here's the other thing. And I got this under the BA part, but he's standing right there on the video feed, and I'm looking at him here. And uh, Terry Funk might have buggy whip arms, but BA don't. Look at those things. Yeah, he got grown man strength. With that said, let's go to Bob Armstrong, who follows up right after Funk, and see what Bob has to say. Told everybody my partner. My mystery partner is a mystery no more. It's Terry Funk, a man I don't trust from the bottom of my heart. I've been fighting him for years. He's a master of the Texas Deathmatch, so I'll say that to him. And one thing in my favor, I believe that I've seen the deposit slip. 
Jim Cornette has deposited 50 grand, money back guarantee. And I wouldn't have believed that if I hadn't seen the slip myself. And he ain't going to come up, up, up to 50 grand. He's going to see us win one way or the other. If we don't win, all that money is going to wave bye-bye. His mama ain't going to be happy. He ain't going to be happy. And Terry Funk, I'll tell you this. There ain't but one man ever beat you in a Texas death match which your father invented, and you're looking at it. It'll cost you a lot more than 50000 if you turn on me. Because Volunteer Slam the 19th is a day that we're going to get rid of the gangsters forever. By hook or crook, I don't care. Terry Funk, you just do your part, I'll do mine. Jimmy Cornette, $50,000. Don't forget it, brother. I've seen the slip. So at the Volunteer Slam gangsters, Adios. All right. I'm not going to play Corny's portion because he kind of just repeats the stipulation, the $50,000, blah, 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 blah. It's not bad. He's just he's just pushing, you know, people get to the building to come see the fact that he's got 50000 on the line guaranteeing that his team will win. Doc, what do you have? What else you have from Bullet right there? Well, Bob is skeptical, but he's trying to convince the people and probably himself that it's going to all be okay because he's seen the check. He's probably trying to talk himself into this stuff. And it seems like it's only up and up. I mean, the check's there. It's it's been ver- funds been verified. At the end of the day, you know, it feels like well, if Cornette does pull some fast stuff, he's costing himself fifty grand. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to just blow fifty grand just to get revenge on somebody. I'd rather uh, take the cheaper way out. So it seems what's like it's che- on the up and the up. Ch- what's the cheaper way out? Just get revenge without putting fifty thousand on the line. What does revenge look like to a menace to society? I don't know. The Wolfman takes on Robert Gibson next. <laughs> Holy shit, the fucking Wolfman. Every time I see this guy, I just don't know what to think. Um, Let me get to the part. And we need him on the show. <laughs> Come on, Noe. Is he still alive? I don't know. Who is he? I don't know. I, I've, I Honestly, I've never looked it up. Tommy did say, um, and I want to do this towards the end. I don't want to do this now. Uh, Tommy did say uh, he could he could um, call Chip Kessler for me. I think him and Chip still stay in touch. I got to imagine. I mean, I'm not going to sit there and tell you Chip Kessler would be a, a great interview or anything. But, I mean, he was there for the end, which to me yeah. is, look at the fucking wolf. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, that, that 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 cape or jacket or whatever you want to call it must really smell terrible. Terrible. Okay, so remember, Robert's out here because Ricky's hurt, and uh, I'll speed things up on this. Near the end of this uh, match, Gibson has the Wolfman in a sleeper, but Snow and Unibomb hit the ring and jump Gibson from behind. So we have a DQ where Gibson wins. Mike Mason and Larry Santo come out to help Gibson, which is a tragedy that they would come out first, but... I don't know what else to say about that. And then Mason and Santo, they decide they get murdered with a power bomb and pile driver. And then Gibson keeps getting the boots put to him. Finally, the thugs, Smothers and Dirty White Boy, and Bobby Blaze eventually hit the ring to save poor old, poor old Hoot Gibson. Doc, your thoughts? Um, yeah, I wasn't sure why some of those guys came in first, but... It's okay because the thugs are now the on the scene, and they're the ones that are going to take over this gangster battle. Al Snow really has a nice pile driver. He does. He does actually. It, it's the seated pile driver, not the tombstone, but still, he he knows how to get the guy in position. And then he doesn't jump, but it looks like he gets good. I mean, I guess he is technically jumping, but it, he always looks like he gets decent air. I mean, I think about the ones he did with Ricky and then what he did right there to, I can't tell if it was Wolfman. What's going um, What's going through your mind when you take a pile driver? Nothing if it's somebody, like, I told you this the other day, that's just not something I'm taking from just anybody. Okay. It, it, it's, it's, it's a, you know, I want somebody well-trusted. Because that is my head and my neck. Sorry. Anyway. Okay. So any other thoughts on the Wolfman and Gibson? There wasn't really much to chew on there. No, not really. Because it kind of got cut off before we got to see Wolfman eat another pen. With that said, we go to a follow-up from last week. A promo and vignette. Buddy Landell is at the car lot again at Classy Motors. And remember, he's trying to find Bobby Blaze a car to get him around the territory. And 
We saw some nice classy rides last week, right, Doc? I mean, wouldn't you say? Well, it is it is classy motors, so yeah, yeah. I'd say that was. You know, we saw yeah. we saw Pontiac Grand Prix with cold air, cold air, man. <laughs> Power steering, <laughs> turn signals, and all. All right, let's go back to classy motors where Buddy Landell is going to find Bobby Blaze's car. Hopefully, let's see what happens here this week. We saw Buddy Landell searching for a new car for Bobby Blaze. This week, it appears he's found what he's looking for. <laughs> All right, this is the Nature Boy Buddy Landell back at Classy Motors on Clinton Highway with Wayne. I'm the Smoky Mountain Heavyweight Champion. Wayne, now last week on TV, I told you I was going to be back this week, and I've given you one week to find suitable transportation for Bobby Blaze. Have you made any headway yet? We've got it. Come on. All right, let's do it. Boy, what a car. How about a 1993 Lincoln Mark? I'm going to tell you something, Wayne. The only thing Bobby Blaze has got in common with Lincoln is they's both born in a log cabin. Next! Hey, Nature Boy, how about a 1987 Tour Station Wagon? Everybody knows Bobby Blaze is a family man. Well, Wayne, to be honest with you, I do know he's a family man. He's got a lot of kids at home. He's got a new baby, and he's looking for the daddy to ever stinking one of them. So uh, I just think that uh, Bobby Blaze... Wait. There's... That's it. That's the perfect car. Come here a minute. Wayne, that's it, buddy. Oh, my God. What a picture. This is it. This is the car for Bobby Blaze. I can't sell you that car. Why not? My God, those are bucket seats. And real cloth interior. <laughs> is that Rain-X on the windshield? Oh, my God. What? Look at the tread on those tires. My God. Well, how many miles a gallon does it get? <laughs> it don't get any. <laughs> what do you mean it don't get any? This is the perfect. Is it automatic? Automatic. Tilt wheel? Tilt wheel. Cruise? Oh, my God. It's got Bobby Blaze's name written all over it. This is so nice. The man said that he wouldn't sell me the car, Bobby Blaze, because it's wrecked. But this is the perfect car for you, Bobby Blaze, because it's indicative of your career. This is what happened to you after I beat you for this Smoky Mountain heavyweight title. Being the compassionate man that I am, I have found you the suitable vehicle for your future. Now, I'm the Nature Boy Buddy Landell and the Smoky Mountain heavyweight champion, and I'm coming right at you. All right, join him. Oh, man. I know Come you got on. a lot to say. <laughs> Come on. Oh, Doc, I know you got a lot to say. What you got, man? <laughs> Did you notice? That neither guy changed clothes from last week. Sure, because it was shot in the same 45-minute time period. That's why. Right. Okay. Well. And. I got a 1993 Lincoln Mark right here, Bobby. Cold dare tilt steering. Tilt steering. <laughs> If that anybody, needs to be a fucking feature, man. <laughs> if anybody's going to sit around and tell me about how the good old days were better, man. Get the flying no. piss out of here. That's what that's what that is. So, then, the, the one that popped me was the Lincoln, because that was something he just came up with off the top of his head. The only, the only thing they were both born in log cabins, and then he's out with the Taurus looking for baby daddies, which was wrong. And, and if you're not watching along, it's hard to describe. This car looks like it it got crushed. Yeah, it was totaled like it, an accident. But when, and... but the part that got me the best was when when Buddy goes, "My God, are those bucket seats." <laughs> My God, are those bucket seats? Look and at the tread cloth, on those tires. That's a, that's a cloth interior. <laughs> Did you hear what he said? Uh, is that Rain-X on the windshield? Look at that windshield. <laughs> what the fuck? The car top is caved in. The glass is pretty shattered. He's like, is that Rain-X on the windshield? Buddy Landell's <laughs> a dirty bastard for this one. <laughs> and is this... Is this highbrow entertainment absolutely not would you show this to your wife and she'd suck her teeth and go whatever yes did i enjoy this and was i entertained by this and is this some territory wrestling gold absolutely 
You know what the modern fan would say about this to Cornette, though? This is that Southern Territory wrestling. Mm-mm. You know how Corny always complains about comedy? Well, this is comedy and wrestling. That's exactly. So let me explain. Let me explain what I think is the difference. I don't know what Corny would say, but let me explain what I think is the difference. Goddamn. <laughs> That's what he would God say. Goddamn. He's a heel. That's what it starts with. But the difference is, it is comedy. But yeah. like from my point of view, Buddy is the heel. And he's, it's comedy, but he's making fun of the baby, the baby. face. Yeah, it's a still a personal issue. Right. So he's insulting the baby face when he's saying, no, these cars are too nice for this little chicken shit idiot who's uh, from Ashland, Kentucky. So right. it's comedy, but he's, it's comedy towards I'm insulting the baby face. It's not comedy for the sake of I want to make, you know, everybody laugh. So that everybody's in on the joke. Because that's what I think Corny gets so pissed off about. I'm not saying that's why Corny... I'm not saying Corny's always right. I'm just saying when people attack him for comedy, like, they'll say this is comedy, which it is. But it's comedy to insult the baby face, which is the, which is the big difference. And that's what made this so funny and beautiful. And, I mean, this car is a wreck. What kind of... I don't even know what kind of car this was, but... Man, that's where we need Harper. We really, we really do miss him. It looks like some sort of Oldsmobile, maybe a Buick. It's hard to tell. It's so beat up, and I'm not good with cars. Yeah, it's beat the shit. Other than, Harper other than know. to drive them and to get, get blown in them. That's nice. What? All right. Any other thoughts on on this this beautiful, <laughs> wonderful vignette from from Buddy and Classy Motors? God, here, well, so fitting. And here, there's something else about it. That when if we're gonna make the comparison to the current product, because this is in a different location and it's so different, it sticks out and it's memorable. So I remembered this three years later as something. If you said write down the ten to fifteen thing, like when I was done watching this the first time and we were talking about starting this show, and I said, and, and if you'd have said. Write down the 10 to 15 things you remember the most. It would have been like, you know, Morton in the backyard, Smothers on the swing, the gangsters coming in and cutting the promo, you know, just Ron Wright. Yeah, Horner getting hung. Like you say, Horner getting hung, a couple Ron Wright moments. Macho um, Man, you know, all these different things. This would have been on the list. Yeah. And so the, the thing about that is, is that, I, you don't remember what happened. This is Friday. If you watch SmackDown tonight, you won't remember what you saw tomorrow. It's just all, it all looks the same. They're all in a basketball arena. It's all the same shit. They just move people around. Let's mix the tag across the, it's just, it's, it's brand. I, it's, it's, it's corporate. It's corporate branding. It, like this is what you're trying to say. Cause I know exactly. It's, where you're it's homogenous crap that nothing stands out, but it's an, it's an efficiently produced product that makes and money. And it's not just the, these offsite vignettes. I'm, I, and I'll give you the example that I think you're trying to get at. Whenever they do a promo backstage, they got the big WWE sign behind it. They got, you know, the, the, the WWE logo branding. They may have a TV and it's got an image of WWE branding on it, sitting on the wall, something like that. It's a perfect setting. So it all looks the same because it's WWE branded. Now, ROH doesn't do this. They cut promos in the, the old school way. I can tell you that now. Um, I ain't watched enough of AEW to, at this point to, to, to assess it. But ROH doesn't do what I'm talking about here. You know what I love about NWA so far? That they have the podium over there for cutting promos instead of in the ring. Yeah. That's great. But what I was about to say about the branding of it, like, so everything just shot, almost everything is WWE shot. You you could tell it's got the logo somewhere. This, you know, sometimes they're in a different high school gym. They go off site. They do all these different well, places. Even look at none the of it NWA looks the same. From, look at the NWA from the late 80s when we go to the, what is it, the Dorton Arena? And that building looks cool. It's like. Every basketball arena is a corporate entity as well, so they all look the same. Yeah. So everything about the product looks the same. 
Yeah, it's it's a cookie cutter. But we could go on and on about that. So, any but, other but thoughts? There ain't, there ain't nothing cookie cutter about Wayne down at Classy Motors. No, that's this is this is tremendous. Guy, he look, you know what he looks like right there on the video you've got paused? He What's looks that? like Mo. He looks like Mo from the Three Stooges. He's just got this look on his face like, all right, Bobby. <laughs> How many Armstrong wrestling shirts do you think they sold back in the day? I don't know, because shirt and that, gimmick. It, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe down in Alabama. Maybe, but even then, you know, the whole wrestling shirt boom is pretty recent. I mean, I, yeah, for, but think for, about for this, man. People. The next year, they're selling NWO shirts. And Austin, this ain't as old as it looks right there. That that camera angle looks like it's 1988. It's it's mid 95, Jack. Yeah, I agree. All right, let's keep and, going. And, I'm... and you want to talk about out of nowhere t-shirt sales? Everybody wore wrestling shirts back in the day. Everybody, especially with the in, in, during the NWO era and then Austin era. Good God! You know what? You see all these kids today wearing Nirvana shirts. They ain't listening to Nirvana, but whatever. I wonder if if the Stone Cold and NWO shirts are a couple of years from making a big comeback. What do you mean making a big comeback? People still wear them. They do. Yeah. Oh, I don't. I don't go out much. I mean, you don't I, see it like thought, you saw it in '96 and '97. I thought people wore Young Buck shirts. Am I wrong? They they wear that shit too, but I mean, oh. there are people who still wear Austin and NWO shirts. What about Harper shirts? Um. There's a few people who wear them, and if you if you want to wear them, uh, go to our pro wrestling tea store. They're all there. Hey, we had a listener. He doesn't. Um, Sean Sparks. He bought a living. Is the that dream. Third Coast? Yes, he bought yeah, a. Yeah, he's a good. He's a good. He's a good docaholic. He yes, he's got a docaholic shirt. He bought a living a dream brother shirt for his son. Oh my. Yeah, Hopper said. That, that I'm gonna like call. Hopper said, "I'm calling CPS." Yeah, that's what I. That's exactly, I mean, Harper oh, just man. says he's a good Catholic boy. He's not really one. He's, I don't know if he lives that lifestyle. Okay. Uh, I got to play at least part of this from Steve Armstrong. This is Steve Armstrong. Uh, he's talking to Budrow, and he's going to challenge hey, Budrow. Hey, just, just noticed that uh, I had a note here. It's been a while since I've watched this, but I had a note that the pals, the word pal, is flying in this one. So just keep an eye out. Don't let a pal fly it out and hit you. Here's Steve. The set, uh, Steve Armstrong. Steve, welcome back. It's Thanks, good to man. see you. And, uh, you know, you and I go way back to when you were, well, <laughs> but I want to say this, uh, that knee injury was devastating to me and I thought maybe you were out, but you tell me now it's 100% you're ready to roll again. That's right. My knee's back in shape after the gangsters got on and tried to put me out. But you know what? The Armstrongs always have a lot of fire and desire in their heart. They can take a licking and keep on ticking. And what I'm back here for, Les, is to let everybody know that I'm 100% and ready to get in that ring and get it on. And I hear you got somebody walking around here, bleach blind headed Buddy Landell, and he's got the Smoky Mountain Championship belt. Well, Landell, it's my time now, pal. It's my shot, my chance. I came back here to Smoky Mountain Wrestling to take Buddy Landell out. I'm, I know he's been putting everybody out with the figure four leg lock. Right, exactly. right. The figure four leg lock. He's supposed to be. Well, here comes the fool now. What's going on? You know, Steve, I always took you for one of the smarter Armstrongs. Apparently, I was wrong. Now, I don't know what you've been drinking or inhaling tonight to put you in this frame of mind to make everybody think that you that the nature boy Buddy Landell can't put the figure four leg lock on you because let me tell you something, pal. I can put the figure four leg lock on anybody and I can take you out with a figure four leg lock just like that. Well, I'll tell you what, big mouth. Why don't you put your money where your mouth is and put that title on the line next week? You say you got a figure four, you're big and bad, and you can put it on me? I say I can put it on you and it ain't even my hole, pal. You can't even count the four, never mind put the figure four on me. Because the difference is, you're an Armstrong, and I'm Nature Boy Buddy Landell, and I can beat an Armstrong on any given day of the week. You want to wrestle me next week on TV? For this belt, I'll put my title on the line, and I'll put you in the figure four, and I'll break that little skinny leg you're standing on right now, pal. 
In your dreams, bud. In your wildest dreams. Well, Stephen, it looks like you got what you want. This man is oh, yeah. uh, cocky. He's full of himself. I can't wait. I can't All right. Wait. Well, we're going to wish you a lot of luck. Next week, Steve Armstrong, figure four, man. Boy, you ain't lying. The word pal was flying around. <laughs> like, <laughs> As a connoisseur of the word, I appreciated it. Good Lord. Dude, they Did kept you find calling it? each other pal nonstop. Do you find it a little disingenuous for Buddy to come out and talk about other people inhaling things? And I quoted drink. it. I got it in my notes. I don't know what you've been smoking or inhaling tonight, pal. Um, buddy, <laughs> that's like it's like it's like he was back there sipping on some Jack Daniels, and you know, God bless Buddy. Well, Buddy was clean right here, so I'm just playing when I say this. You know, and, and did a line of something, and then he's like, I'm going to show that Armstrong. So he basically went out there and told Steve he was doing what he was doing back there. That's that's basically like Ric Flair coming down on somebody for banging rats. Yeah. You know, pal, you should wear some protection when you bang those rats. Uh, hey. Uh, hey. Um, yeah. This is good, though. That was a nice little quick promo from these two, you know, leading up to a match next week. I guess we'll see what happens. Yeah, absolutely. Any any other thoughts? No, I. No, I thought it, I I agree with you. I Steve has this weird ability to go back and forth without of sounding like an Armstrong and sounding like a younger, higher pitched Stone Cold Steve Austin. So it's always weird to me. He he does. I don't know if people realize. I don't. I, we've said that before. I don't know if people realize that about him. He kind of sounds like Austin. If you close your eyes and just listen to him, don't really watch it. He sounds like he sounds like Austin. It's it's really. Uh, I'm not saying he's as good as Austin cutting a promo, but he's got that Austin type voice. I don't know how else to explain it. Well, we'll keep going. We got PG-13 and Wolfie D. Remember, we've kind of heard from them already, but they've got one more for this week. Here it is. Wolfie, man, you know, coming up May 19th is the worst day of our life because we've got to go to the Smoky Mountain Wrestling Organization and put up with all them inbred rednecks up there. You see, Wolfie, I was in Knoxville many years ago, man, and the people there ain't like our good people in the USW. They smell, they ain't got no teeth, man, and their wrestling ability is not no good. That's why their champions are Tony Anthony and Tracy Smothers. So what we're going to do, Knoxville, Tennessee, is in brighten your life and bring USWA soul to your area. Tell them, Wolfie baby. That's right, man. We come from the USWA where we have real wrestlers and real fans. And what we're going to do, Tony Anthony and Tracy Smothers, is beat you like dogs. You look at this right here and you want to know, why is he carrying a hubcap? Well, on May the 19th, when we come to Knoxville, Tracy Smothers, you might just find out why we carry these. All right. So, again, um, I like this intra-promotional war fun concept. Did, did he say we're not real fans over here in Smoky Mountain? I don't know. No, I can't have that. Let's go watch him get his ass kicked. <laughs> Fuck him. Who's he think Fuck. he is? Yeah, man. We're, we're, He's we're, a wannabe. Look at him. Oh, white hey, kid. I've been a wrestling fan forever. I mean, my sister blew Tommy Rich back in 1982 at the Coliseum. That's nice. You're ready. <laughs> I, I just want to let everybody know that Tommy Rich is getting ready to make his pr promotional debut in a little bit. And the menace is ready. He was cutting a promo on me about the promos he's going to cut on Tommy Rich. I'm not going to cut any promos on him. I'm I'm gonna ignore the bastard. That's what I'm gonna do. The bastard. That's a former NWA World Heavyweight Champion. Look, pal. You're, let me explain something. Don't to you. don't pal don't pal me. I'm not Steve Armstrong. I don't pal. give a shit if he held every title in wrestling history. If you're a crackhead and a mm. fucking idiot, you're still mm. a crackhead and a fucking idiot. Wow, sir. Tell me where I'm lying. I, I had never seen the man smoke crack, so I can't. Oh, okay. All right. I don't know what he does in his spare time. Sure you don't. Okay. All right. We go to the main event of this week's You're episode. The, I, I, what do you mean? You, you don't know. You're the most famous wrestler I know. We go to the next match. It's New Jack and Mustafa with D'Lo and, 
and Killer Kyle on the outside of the ring versus Tracy Smothers and Dirty White Boy, the thugs. Uh, man, these people are ready for this, man. They are excited. You know, lots of people happy to see Tracy whip the flag around, the stars and bars. I mean, he's he's flying that rebel flag. Uh, pretty, pretty, pretty fun. At one point, there's somebody opposite the hard camera who's got a, a rebel flag. They hold it up, too, and... They just were so happy for their uh their southern pride, man, and their heritage, man. They, they were they were loving it. But anyway, hey, you said something real important there, pal. It is heritage. It is not hate. <laughs> anyway, so I'm not here to debate uh political. I'm from the south. I can say these things. I'm not here to to to. There it is. You see it in the, the main shot. Yeah, it's kind of hard because yeah. it's dark, but it's man, I, up the flag. I don't have a lot from this. Because, it, it, but it was real slow, but it was a real good example. And and Smothers and and uh, White Boy, but mainly Smothers, put on a master class of working that crowd up subtly, using some psychology, appealing to the racism. I thought it was great. Yep, I'm with you right there. I will Man, say this: if you want to know how to work a crowd. Young budding wrestlers out there, I'd suggest watching this match because they didn't do all that much, and the crowd was worked up. They were ready for it too, with the, you know, the, the whole black and white thing. It, it, they were lathered up and ready to go, man. There's, that's that's basically what it turned into. But uh, it was funny. Less during the match, I had a couple of points. Less says that the gangsters have been here for eight months. It, it's hard to believe it's been eight months already. Un, unreal. Um, I hate to tell everybody this, but their run is 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 nearing an end in this promotion. They they are they are getting cl- dangerously close to to the end, and I just want to say it's it's been fun. Uh, we'll get there shortly, though. So here's what happens: um, Smothers eventually he's taking the heat. He makes a hot tag to Mustafa uh, when Mustafa missed a move off the top rope. Dirty White Boy comes in. He's firing away at the gangsters. It turns into a match where all four guys are in the ring. Meanwhile. D'Lo gets a chair, and he tries to use it on Dirty White Boy uh, with, with New Jack's help, but Dirty White Boy sends Jack into the chair, and the thugs win clean when Dirty White Boy pins New Jack. But as always in old-school wrestling, when the faces win by pin, the heels would always get them back, and we go off air with the gangsters laying it into Smothers and Dirty White Boy. Uh, Doc, any thoughts on how it all went down at the end? No, I think you covered everything. I mean, it's going to keep this thing rolling, and it's, you know, it's it's just, I thought this was very, very well done. I agree. It was it was uh, good shit. Good shit. Okay. So, any other, uh, any other thoughts? Um, lots of stuff going on, pal. I agree. All right, so we need to um, we need to do a couple of things before we do the government cheese, and then Doc gives out his disability checks. I want to remind everyone, if you're not a Patreon member, please become one at tinyurl.com slash patreonbtt. That's tinyurl.com slash patreonbtt. Um, this show should air a little bit after Thanksgiving. So with that said, we are fucking balls deep, I guess you can say, into what? the holiday time of the year so make sure you use our amazon referral link at tinyurl.com slash btt amazon if you're not a patron if you don't support this show any other way and you get these free shows eight per month i would suggest please helping us with our amazon link at tinyurl.com slash btt amazon give that link to the wives girlfriends hoes and side pieces in your life and tell them to use it each and every time they uh, purchase things from amazon there we go. Tinyurl.com slash BTT Amazon. Uh, Doc, how many disability checks are you going to give this episode? I thought this was a good episode. Lots going on. Still, I was entertained. 45 minutes. Oh, man. Just living the dream, I, th- I guess. Um, I'm going to give it an 8.1. All right. Government Cheese Award time. Mm. This is a tough one this week. Yeah, there's some there's some contenders here. Um, certainly not PG thirteen. Those outsiders mm. have they're reverse <laughs> cheese. Yeah. Uh, Give it. I think. I, I think I, man, I don't know. I, I think it's got to be Buddy. That's what I was gonna say. 
I, I agree. I think it's got to be Buddy. I don't know how it's not Buddy, to be honest. Not that the more I think about it. <laughs> him, him riding up in the limo, wooing out the window. That, so we didn't talk about that. <laughs> we didn't talk about that during it, but it, honestly, like that was the funniest. That may have been one of the funniest parts of it because he. <laughs> hold on, let me. Let me... He's, he's a jackass from Jump Street. Right. Let me, here, here it is. Because I laughed when we were playing it. Here it is. Bobby Blaze. This week, it appears he's found what he's looking for. Ooh, yeah! <laughs> he's a he's, fucking goofball, dude. <laughs> he's driving up living the dream, man. Yeah, but we didn't talk about that because we were talking about the cards and so many other things. But I agree, man. But buddy, buddy had buddy popped this. <laughs> All right. Good shit. Look at good the, shit. Look at the surrounding things. Let your eyes go out in the distance, man. That's a beaten area. It lot really of, is. A lot of metal sheds and tin roofs and just nonsense. Agreed. And again. You can find that anywhere. I could drive 10 minutes from my house and get into that. So everybody that's down and dirty in Tennessee, y'all just calm down. Get your draws out your ass, right? All right. All right, before we get out of here, I want to mention a couple of folks and friends of mine. The Wrestling Podcast about nothing with ROH's Brian Malonis and Mike Crockett. They do their show every single Monday. Check them out as they talk classic and current stuff. Also, check out Our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast with Joe Murata and Michael Quinn. The northern version of BTT. Slightly classier, a little bit more professional, but still fun nonetheless. Those shows support us, so please support them. And check out the Bottom Line Cast with Mike Pru and JV. I think they do their show every single Wednesday, chronicling the career of Stone Cold Steve Austin. With that said, Doc, uh, time to get out of here, man. Uh, you want to hit the tagline or you want me to do it? Oh, I absolutely need to get that in. Uh, so in that case, uh, book it, bitch. Before we get out of here, I want to say thank you to all of our patrons out there for supporting this show and making this show possible twice per week, every single week with the Smoky Mountain shows and the NWA shows. And um, I mean, look, I know you get extra shows, but ultimately, when you are a patron for us and support us on Patreon, we thank you because it does help the eight free shows as well. So I know we do extra stuff, but with that said, patrons out there such as yourself, thank you for for being patrons. And if you're not one, remember, become one at tinyurl.com slash patreonbtt. Over 200 plus episodes are available on Patreon for you to enjoy and listen to you. Listen to extra stuff that we've done, wrestling stuff, non-wrestling stuff. And when I say non-wrestling stuff, it's nothing political or social things in the world. It's just Harper, Doc, and I having tons of fun talking about just utter stupidity uh, for entire episode. So that's that's what you have to look forward to. There's a lot there. The Dallas Cowboys ring rat house. Harper talking about the worst places to take a dump. So much stuff that's available on Patreon. Now, I also want to say a special shout out to our, our Hall of Fame Patreon members. 
Don Dippinett, uh, Lee Russell, MDQ for Life, George Davis, Kevin Carter, Michael Angel, Bob Richards, Rocky Swayzo, Christopher Champer, Will Harkey, Robbie Dyson, Rick Beebe, Brad Duneif, and Tom Schlegel, Coach Joey Chase, a.k.a. Willie Chase, Steve Malbasa, LaRon Brown, Kenny Byersdorf, Glenn Abbott at GA Russell Nut on Twitter, Bobby Murray, Marlon Mueller at at half points point on twitter keep cutting those promos kid you're the man marlon thank you man i appreciate your support long time josh warren you too long time supporter everett star mike Childry, kyle riley disrespectfully classy marky blassie craig norman johnny on patreon the great john dean at yrc21 on twitter josh dunn Ryan and Auburn, good old Justin Robert Smith, Joseph Ice, Tim Morecci, the BTT Research Department, Adam Price, Brian Evans, Mark Wilson, Armando Martinez, David Jordan, Jesse Jacobs, Chris Myers, Gerald Green, Mitchell Johnson, Mike Prue from the Bottom Line cast. Make sure y'all check that show out. Him and JV do a great job. And Mike Prue is also uh, a co-host on the ECW Extreme Livecast on our Patreon feed. Will Parker, Jeremy Bryant, Classy Alex, David DeFries, SV Pagem, Bill Salsa, Big Rich, at Spy Boy Sports Cap, Ari Miller 39, Jay Shiny, Ruben Espinosa, Merciless Jones, Jesse Lucas, Chris Browning, Justin underscore Andrade, Cole Mini 22, Marty Howell, T Hog 94, God Bold Unreal. Thank you for all of your support. And lastly, like always, Thank you to everyone. Uh, oh, I can't forget. Check out the Bottom Line cast with Mike Pru and JV. They have a podcast series where they're getting close to the end, but they've chronicled the career of Stone Cold Steve Austin month by month and on a weekly basis. It's a really good show. They basically just go through Stone Cold's entire career. I say entire career. It's mostly his WWF stuff, but Mike and JV also do the ECW show uh, on our Patreon feed, and that show they do on their free feed. Uh, just search the Bottom Line Wrestling Cast on, or go on to Twitter at Bottom Line Cast and you can find them. Thank you, everyone, for all of your support. That's it. We're going to get out of here. You know what Harper always says when he get out of here? When we get out of here, book it, bitch. <laughs>